بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه مباركا عليه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى جل جلاله وعم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد We are on uh, wisdom number 211 which is on page 206 of Ibn Ata'illah al-Iskandari rahimahullah his aphorisms, his hikam, his wisdoms This is what he says in there. This is something that you've probably studied before, learned before, and probably know from before. He says, لا تنفعه طاعتك ولا تضره معصيتك وإنما أمرك بهذه ونهاك عن هذه لما يعود عليك. This is one of the most simpler ideas, but he's going to provide a lot of justification for this. He says, your obedience does not benefit him. So outright, he's declaring that. Because there's a, a common question today, not a common, but a, a question that is asked today is that why does he need our worship if he's so independent and so on? <clears throat> so he says very clearly, your obedience does not benefit him. And your disobedience does not harm him either. So then why do you do it? That's the question that arises. He said, it is only for your own good that he commanded that and prohibited the other. He commanded this and he prohibited the other. It's to your own benefits. It's what's good for you in this world. So that's what he's saying. There's, a, there's another aspect of this aphorism, which is, لا يزيد في عزه إقبال من أقبل عليه ولا ينقص من قدره إدبار من أدبر عنه uh, that's another aphorism, but it's linked to this one, that those who turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and focus on Him, their turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and focusing on Him does not increase the honor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any way whatsoever. Oh, I've got this many supporters. I've got this many people worshipping me. Look, this is how many likes I've got. None of that works with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, it says that anybody who turns away from Him who ignores him, shows his back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that doesn't decrease the status of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any way. Allah is who he is. Everything that's happening, it's, he did it. It's almost like the world was a project to create creation and then give them a test and then have them in paradise. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is independent of everything. He is self subsisting, self-enriched. He doesn't need anybody else. Allah is not in need of anything else. So that's why anybody who's obedient, their obedience is not going to benefit him. It only, the, all it does is that it makes Allah happy with you so that he gives you something. It's an excuse for him to give you something. That's it. Otherwise, he personally does not benefit because he is how he's always been. Likewise, he's not harmed by the disobedience of the disobedient ones. That's why um, towards the end of this book, there's the munajat, which means the intimate discourses. So if you, if you have this copy, you can check on page 342, 
this is kind of related to what he's saying here. He says, Ilahi taqaddasa ridaka an an takuna laka illatum mink fakayfa takuna lahu illatum minni antal ghaniyu bidhatik an an yasila ilayka annaf'u mink fakayfa la takunu ghaniyan anni my god you have to listen to this carefully my god your contentment is too holy for there to be a cause for it in you You're too holy, you're too dignified, you're too high above and purified that there needs to be a cause in you to, that forces me to worship you. Meaning, I'm not, I'll explain. So how can there be a cause for it in me? If there's no cause in you that forces me to worship you, then how can there be a cause in me that forces me to worship you and you need that worship? Likewise, he says, you are independent of any benefit coming to you, so why should you not be independent of me? You're independent of yourself from any benefit from yourself coming to yourself, so why should you then not be independent of any benefit coming from me? You don't need benefit from anyone. So contentment is a divine attribute, meaning Allah to be satisfied with something, because this is, uh, begs the question here that Allah, it is mentioned that Allah is satisfied meaning Allah is happy when we do good things. So what is that satisfaction then if he doesn't need anything from us? Surely when you want to satisfy someone, that's an objective and a goal, right? So I'm going to give him a gift so he gets satisfied. I'm going to go and visit him, he gets satisfied. So the guy is benefiting. So does that apply to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well? That when Allah says he gets satisfied, Allah is satisfied with such and such a servant. Allah is satisfied when a servant does this action and that action. So do we understand in the human context that humans get satisfied with things so they need it, it makes them feel good if they're having a bad day, it's going to make them feel good does that the same thing happen with Allah? not at all, he doesn't need that contentment is a divine attribute, Allah is always satisfied in a sense right? Uh, all, all attributes of Allah's most high are eternal and the eternal has no cause so if Allah has satisfaction from eternity there's nothing that can cause it because he's always had satisfaction it's a bit difficult to understand, but that's what it is. Right? Nothing causes the satisfaction of Allah, really. He is satisfied. Since Allah's attribute of contentment is eternal with no cause, it is inconceivable that there can be any act of the servant to be the cause for the contentment of Allah. Nothing can act upon Allah Most High. Change does not come to Him. Allah's contentment is not dependent on the servant's action. The servant's good deeds and conditions are the effect of Allah's contentment on the other hand. It's the servant's actions and deeds that are the fruits or the effects of Allah's contentment. It's the other way around. He is the cause of everything. Right? But um, we do take it, we do kind of operate in the sense that if I do this, Allah will be happy with me. But not that he's going to benefit from that. It's so if he's happy with me, then he's going to treat me. He's going to reward me. He's going to give me. He's going to be satisfied with me. That's the purpose of it. Okay, so now to move on. So Allah does not benefit from our worships in a way that he needs them. Because Allah is well above that. And neither, does he, neither is he harmed. Right. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-An'am verse 61, وَهُوَ الْقَاهِرُ فَوْقَ عِبَادِهِ He is mighty above all of, all of his slaves, all of his servants. He is mighty well above them. 
makes no difference what they do. With others uh, in the world, you have some people who enjoy a huge amount of ascendancy, rule, power, love, and everybody there loves them, and, or everybody is vanquished under their might. But eventually it stops. Eventually they get weak. Eventually they do something wrong. There's many empires like that, including many Muslim empires. They had their ascendancy. But eventually they became weak or lax in certain things. And eventually that same qahr that they had, that same might they had, was diminished. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's might has been from ever and it continues to be forever and will remain forever. That's the difference. That's why he says, وَهُوَ الْقَاهِرُ فَوْقَ عِبَادِهِ And in Arabic he uses the word qahir. Not وَهُوَ الَّذِي يَقْهَرْ That he will or he is currently. No, he is it's a very permanent idea that he is always mighty over his creation. So then he only commands you so that you can get close to him. That's the, the huge benefit we get. And it's beneficial for us. That's why you'll find so many people say, I feel so far from Allah, I feel miserable. They feel misery because they feel far from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then they can't do anything about it. So they know that the, the solution to their problem is to go and do worship. But it, they're too stuck in a rut to go and start doing the worship so that they can actually feel good. And these are the people who have some consciousness about it. Because if somebody is not even conscious of that fact, that they're far from Allah, they don't care about how far, they've never measured the distance, never figured out and tried to uh, give an estimate to that, then they're just out of it. But anybody who cares, and they're doing well, and then suddenly they start becoming a bit lax, and they find it difficult because that's human beings. We get stuck in a certain habit, a certain schedule, a certain rhythm. You need something strong to pull us out of that. That's why there's a lot of people, they say, that they're, finally, they're usually very good, but now they've just become addicted, if you can use the word addiction, to um, uh, TikTok, right? And then they got off that. So it was a two-week two stint, addiction stint on TikTok. And then they realized, so they got rid of it. And then he said, I've only got YouTube. And then YouTube has something called YouTube Shorts or something like that. So they got addicted to that. And then finally they figured out, this is not good for me. Say so they got off that as well. It's like the human is all... And then after that, they, it's movie clips. It's certain Facebook posts. It's Twitter. It's Instagram. So they have short stints and they realize, no, 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 this is not good for me. So they stop, but then they need something else. Allah, Allah, Allah. There's just so much out there. If it's not this, everybody's competing for your attention. It's good that people even figure out that this is bad and they walk away. Because some people just stay in there for a very, very long time. And I think the only way to stay away from all of that is to be busy with something good because we're going to need something every humans need something to engage in very few people are so disciplined so that's why it's a good idea to uh, there's some allowance of halal entertainment so use some halal entertainment but otherwise keep yourself busy with something more serious if you can get excited by learning something new right so firstly if somebody is really into entertainment, then try to get out of the entertainment. If you can't get out of it, then try to get into documentaries or something like that.
Because at least that's better than the waste of time. Because at least you learn something at least. And then wean yourself off there slowly, slowly onto something that's really very useful. And that Because at the end of the day, you watch documentaries about different things that are they're useful in the sense that they add some knowledge, but they're not necessary for life. People have passed, people have lived for hundreds of years, thousands of years without these documents, without knowing, you know, how earthquakes occur, right? Uh, without seeing how cheese is made, right? Oh, subhanAllah. Um, and, and they lived a life and mashallah, they died with the kalima la ilaha illallah and they're probably in Jannah, you know? So it's not necessary. There's just so much, I mean, subhanAllah. There's just so much that will take your attention today. So as I, I think as long as you understand what's right and wrong, and you're making an effort, and you have something good, most people don't have anything to produce. They don't have anything to contribute. They're literally just the rat race of the world. So they're going to get involved in things like this, because you have time. People have time. Everybody has time. People say you don't have time. We actually have a lot of time. There's very few people who have back-to-back meetings and projects and like literally get out in the morning and do X, Y, and Z and then they have to go to sleep and that's it. There's nothing else in between, right? So there's, there's time people do have. It's just where do we spend that time? Allah, so we do worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He commands it so that we can get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah says in Surah Al-A'raf verse 56, إِنَّ رَحْمَةَ اللَّهِ قَرِيبٌ مِّنَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Allah's mercy is close to the doers of good. So that's what, what we get. The mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us good. So why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prevent us from harm, uh, prevent us from sin, if it is of no benefit to Him? Is because... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prevents us from disobedience because Allah has placed in that kind of a situation that if you do a prohibition of Allah, that means you are far from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Doing a prohibition, doing something which is wrong, is just a sign of being far from Allah. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't deal with us in a physical location, in a kind of a physical relationship, right? He deals with us in terms of how much we obey him and how much person disobeys him. So that is then equated to what we would call closeness and distance. So the more good that we do, we get closer to Allah. And when he's prohibited us from something, that means if we do it, we're going to be distant from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then we can understand that idea that if we're distant from someone, like distant, even then we say, if we're close to somebody, but they live in another country, but we're very close and we're speaking to them every day, that's close, even though they're so far. Sometimes there's even husband and wives living in the sand, but say they are so distant. They're so distant because they've got a problem. Distance means problem. Distance means rift. Distance means an issue. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's one way because we can change that. He's willing to accept. He's not stubborn like others. Uh, just tried to deal with a case of 20 years where the wife finally wants out and I'm trying to put them together again. Said, I can't. 20 years, I just don't want to be with him anymore. Like, absolutely not. It doesn't matter what he does now. So it's a huge baggage. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's saying, I want you back. I know you're a disobedient person. I know that you've done israf. You've transgressed. 
But Allah is so broad. Allah is so expansive. Allah is so benevolent. He's willing to forgive as long as we show that genuine forgiveness. So when we're dealing with cases between husband and wife, you get either the wife or the husband, whoever it is, whoever's been doing the wrong. They're still very arrogant, some of them. And I'm not going to change till they change. So they're both saying, I'm not going to change till they change. There's, that's difficult. In, in some cases, you have one person is blaming the other, and the other person like, yes, I'm wrong. I don't care. I'm wrong. I'm willing to change. Then we've got something. But even in that case, the other person is so badly hurt sometimes that they feel like they can't change. But if they're both arrogant, then it's very difficult. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He can be as He wants. He's over us, well high above us. But He says, I'm willing to. That's why the hadith then tells us that he's, you go walking, he's, he wants to, he, He'll come to you running, not physically, but to give an idea. You go, you, go, you, know, you, you try to extend out to Him that much, He extends out to you that much. Allah is just willing because He's so kind. He's got nothing to lose or gain, but He wants us to benefit. He's just got absolute love for the creation. That's what He means, absolute love for creation. And you get a few people like this who are absolutely selfless. doesn't matter what you've done to them, they're willing to forgive. And the Prophet ﷺ manifested the highest level of that. doesn't matter who it was. He was willing to forgive and just forget. And those people who can't forget things and can't overdo them, they suffer themselves. They suffer themselves. So what's going to happen is that if you can't get along with X, Y, and Z person, one person, maybe it's your spouse first, and you're going to learn to distance that person. This is very psychological. You're going to learn to do without them. All right? Now that you've learned to do without somebody you are very close to, you can easily do that to a number two. You can easily do that to a third person. You can easily do that to a fourth person. And eventually, I've seen this, you'll realize that, hey, I've cut out five people that were very close to me from my life because I just couldn't get along with them. I hated something that they did. I just couldn't stand them. They were human beings. Right? They made mistakes, yes. But once you start cutting people out, you will become accustomed to cutting people out. You will become accustomed to estranging yourself from people. You'll get, you, but you will then suffer afterwards. Because then you, if you think back in, like, in the last five years, I've cut down three of the closest people to me. Is that a problem with me or them now? Right? Is everybody messed up? Anybody that gets close to you eventually has problems because you just can't tolerate Defects, I'm imperfect, you're imperfect, well we're both imperfect, let's live with that. That's how Allah has created us, we live in an imperfect world. There's problems in the world all the time, we are part of the world, there's problems within us as well. So don't ever learn to just knock somebody out of your life. Not to say that you must be buddy-buddy with them, but don't learn just to knock somebody out that you just completely cut because you'll just do that to everybody eventually. Some people you do because they are genuine and everybody's cut them off. Then that's understandable. But if you're the one cutting everybody off and not everybody else, then there's a problem with you most likely. It's really bad. It's a psychological problem. I think a lot of this happened during the COVID. Don't get accustomed to that. Unless you're connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but then not at the expense of people. That's not a good thing. What I mean by that is not that, I mean, that maybe that's uh, not the right way to say that at the expense of people. What that means is that you can't be bad to people. That's not what Allah wants from you. You should love people for the sake of Allah. So if you don't do that, then that's a problem. Then that's not proper love of Allah either. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited us from wrong things because what that does is that distances us from Allah. 
anything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will command us to do, then that, the purpose of that is to get closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because there's benefits in there. And anything that He's prohibited us from, there's actually harm in there. Now, you might say, why did Allah do this and not this? Why didn't He change it? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, there's not much. We owe our creation to Him. We owe our existence to Him. What are we going to say to Him? Why did you make this halal? Why do you make that haram? You're just going to have to take it the way it is. Take it or leave it. I need the job. You know, it's a matter of survival. It's what I'm going to have to do. Right? That's my existence. I, we need that hereafter. We need to be successful. So just do it. The world is in a weird time. You know, we're going through some really weird times right now. Because it's so easy to indulge in the world. We're no longer in a state of survival. We're in a state of luxury. There's a fitna to sarra right now. Which means it's the fitna of prosperity. The challenges of prosperity right now. Uh, especially in the West. Uh, there's many places in the world where they're still dealing with difficulties. But for us, mashallah, you know, we can get so much. That's why it is this self-independence, individualism that's taking place. Subhanallah. I don't like Islam. I don't like the strictures of the, the, the rigors of Islam. Okay. And what are you going to go into? What you think, you, you think if you have no rigors in Islam or strictures in Islam, then it's all going to be wonderful and rosy? You're just going to go and work. And you're going to have to go to a pub or something, right, to relax. You're going to have to commit some other haram. You're going to have to go into some other situation. There's still demands of life. You can't get out of that. That's the dunya. Allah just wants you to be in the right strictures. So we have, unfortunately, we have, you know, we, we, we have some jamilas leaving Islam. And some, even Muhammads, unfortunately. The Muhammad, the atheist. I mean, what a juxtaposition. Right, but you do. But alhamdulillah, there's many Jennifers coming into Islam. And John's coming into Islam. And the Bobs and the Gordon, Jordan, and you know, everybody else, alhamdulillah. Kya kare? Allah purifies some people and doesn't purify the others. What are you going to do about that? If there was a mass exodus from Islam and nobody was coming in, okay, maybe there's a problem here. But alhamdulillah, that's not the case. Right, and it will never be the case. لا يسألوا عما يفعلوا وهم يسألون الله سن سورة الأنبياء He cannot be questioned about what he does but everybody else is going to be questioned I mean look you know. I just don't understand how people can just absolutely really genuinely disbelieve in another life like how do they know like do you really think people can disbelieve in another life I know they claim it what about isn't there a possibility like just within their own isn't there a possibility Allahu Akbar. So anyway, his honor does not improve in any way or increase in any way by those who turn to him. And likewise, his uh, honor is not, doesn't take a dent, does not become, d d does, not, does not have any shortcoming right, by anybody who, who turns away from him. Uh, there's a hadith in Sahih Muslim, right? It's a hadith al-Qudsi actually. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking himself. He says, لَوْ أَنَّ أَوَّلَكُمْ وَآخِرَكُمْ وَإِنْسَكُمْ وَجِنَّكُمْ كَانُوا عَلَىٰ أَتْقَىٰ قَلْبِ رَجُلٍ وَاحِدٍ مَا زَادَ ذَلِكَ فِي مُلْكِ شَيْئًا What a statement. What a statement of independence. He said, if your first and your last, which means if from Adam alayhi to the end, and your insan, human beings, and your jinn, they're the only responsible beings anyway. If they were all 
on, if they were all on according to, and if their state was like the state of the most God-fearing person. So they were all, you had this whole mass, everybody was, had the highest level of taqwa. That would not increase my kingdom in any way whatsoever. It makes no difference. Yes, there will be greater pe more people in Jannah. There'll be more people with enjoyment. But it makes no difference in my kingdom. Because I could have done that. I could have just made you a creation in paradise and not have to have gone through this. Could have done that. He's already got creations in paradise anyway. It's just not us. He's given us a way to get beyond them. So the Hurul Ain, which are in paradise, and the Ghilman that are there, the young boys that are there, they, they've been created for that. That's not who we are. Should have made a dua, Allah, you should have made me one of those instead. But the wonderful thing is that the people of this world will be able to ascend beyond those people in paradise. Uh, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says it the other way. He says, And law anna awalakum wa akhirakum wa insakum wa jinnakum kanu ala afjari qalbi rajulin wahid. If your first and last insan and human beings and uh, jinn, they were upon the most transgressing heart of a single person, right? They were all absolute transgressors according to that heart of that one individual. That would not make deficient my kingdom in any way whatsoever. Not in the least, not even the least. If that's what Allah wanted, He could have just created people like that, just disobedient ones to mess around somewhere on our dunya and they can just mess around. That's why the way I take this is that, look, Allah's created us this way, that's where we're in right now, we can't help it, now let's do the best and make something good out of it. Why waste the opportunity? Why give up and say, I can't do anything? But it is tough, it's tough, but that's what we get the reward for. It's designed to be tough. It's designed to be, but Allah makes it easy and facilitates. yusra. Believe me, it becomes easier. This, that's why, you know, I've dealt with several people uh, who find things tough. And they say, have you never questioned the faith? Have you never questioned God? It's like, no. Right? You've never questioned God? I said, no, I've never questioned God. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. They can't believe that. Look, I have had trouble understanding something, some dilemma, some verse of the Quran, but then you go and try to find out and it makes sense. But I've never had a doubt, alhamdulillah. May Allah keep it like that. I'm not saying this is wrong. I'm just saying there are people with doubt. Why have they got doubt? They're allowing that doubt to occur. Because Allah's not going to push people out of the faith. Allah does not mislead anybody. But if somebody's done something wrong, they might have made a blasphemous statement one day. You may have just made a joke about something, right? A, a sour joke, a bad joke in the sight of Allah. That brings on all of this wrath. Allah just stops like, okay, I'm not going to help this guy. So then they start deviating. So the only way, if you're, if you're, if, this is what I believe, that if somebody's having doubts, but they still want their faith, then just uh, do tawbah to Allah. Just repent, just return to Allah. There's no other way about it. I spoke to somebody before Ramadan and he was having major like he pretty much left the faith according to him but he was still open to it I told him two things I said number one stop listening to 
stopped reading anti-Islamic literature because it was just unfair what he was doing. He was listening to anti-Islamic literature, but he was not reading responses from Muslims. Like he was just listening to the media as such, you know what I mean, right? You don't really try to find out like non-Muslims about Islam. They just listen to the media. They don't really try to find out. Right? So that's number one, stop doing that. Number two, ask God because there was that little window open for him. Alhamdulillah, after about four months, I never, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect really. Alhamdulillah, after about four months, I see him in the masjid. Right? So the only way is to actually ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help. Because he can only help. There's nobody else to help, really. So no, I've never doubted. And inshallah, I will never doubt. Yes, we'll have issues. We will misunderstand something. We will be confused about something. But we can always try to find out. Do you guys doubt your faith? Look, somebody, some people do, right? It's based on ignorance. It could be, if it's based on ignorance, that's easy. And they go and find the truth. But if it's based on a misdeed, that's tougher because then you can only ask Allah for help. But then it's a bit of a conundrum because shaitan doesn't make you do that. It makes you hate Allah, right? Whoever Allah wishes to guide, he expands his breast for Islam, for submission. It's easier to submit. And when that is not the case, then it feels like you have to climb a mountain. If you feel like you have to climb a mountain for this, because there's a lot of atheists, they don't want to be atheists. They're losing too much. Their families are against them. They've been estranged from their families and circle, and they feel bad. But they're not following the right method of trying to get back into it. There's a lot of other concepts that are going around nowadays, some modern ideas that kind of become a trend, like love yourself. That's a kind of a modern one. What's that to do with Islam? I said, well, it, the devil is in the detail, right? Love yourself. If that's taking you some really dark deeds, then that's a problem. But if love yourself means care for yourself because you've got this opportunity, then that's a wonderful thing. Right? Then another one was, the way you think about things is what's going to happen. What does Islam say about that? I said, Islam says, uh, it depends again, the devil is in the details. It's like, what are you thinking about? Yes, if you definitely give out a good uh, vibe to others and you're positive, then you will attract positivity. But if you are negative, you will actually make other people negative. That's for sure. I mean, that's, that's generally shown. But again, it's not a 100% rule everywhere. There's a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, which is a hadith Qudsi, that Allah says, I am with my servant as he thinks of me. But that doesn't mean that if I think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can and is going to produce a Rolls Royce from thin air in front of me. If that's the thing that somebody has going for them, right? Or maybe a McLaren or something. I mean, who cares about Rolls Royce? Maybe they want a, a McLaren or something, right? Um, Rolls Royce or McLaren? You'd rather have the Rolls Royce, you're that age now. No. <laughs> you don't want to call the A. Okay. All right, maybe the wrong Kai mentioned. Okay. So, what, what I'm trying to say is that actually, what the ulama say for something like this is that that is wrong to do that because you're testing Allah, because that's not the way Allah does things. You don't generally have things come out of thin air. That happens in movies or in stories, right? It doesn't happen in real life. Allah works behind a veil generally. But you ask Allah, give me a Rolls Royce, then you might get one. But to say, I want it, this is how I want it, because I know and I've read that you have ability over everything. So now do this for me. That's challenging Allah. That's actually wrong. That's not the way to make dua. 
That's what the ulama say. It's very clear. So don't ask for improbable things. Don't ask for unusual things like that that generally don't happen. Because that's actually wrong to do that. Though Allah, if He wants to, He can do it. Right? Because you're trying to like show yourself to be out to be God or something, or so specially connected that He's going to go against all norms of this world to do it for you. He can. But that's not generally what He's going to do, and it's wrong to ask Him that way. It's just the adab of the dua. So this hadith is amazing, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is absolutely transcendent of anything that is not befitting him. That's why we actually... Um, now look how, how much etiquette we must have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he's so perfect that we shouldn't even say that Allah is transcendent of all defects. He is, right? He doesn't have any defects. But it's like saying... The, the ruler, the king, right, where they still have kings, is not a butcher. Well, no, no, that's a bad one. Sometimes they are butchers, in the wrong butchers, right? The king is not a carpenter. Well, I mean, he might be a carpenter. Uh, he's not a street cleaner. There you go. He's not a street cleaner. Obviously, he's not. The king is not a street cleaner. And there's a big wali of Allah, and he goes in the middle of the night to do that different thing but he's not a street cleaner that's not his vocation would you say that though why would you even say that it's just so below to say that give a better example you know the king doesn't have to work okay you know that makes a bit more sense so to say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free of defects you shouldn't even have to say that though it's a reality but it's bad adab to say that so that's why the the, the ulama of adab They've said, rather than that, say Allah is free of things that are not befitting him. That's more adab to say that, more etiquette to say that, than saying Allah is free of defects, because he can't have defects anyway. So they're both realities, but there's an adab in speaking to Allah. And everybody in the world, when somebody speaks to you with better adab than somebody who's uncouth, is just much better. Right? You, you, it, it, people enjoy such people, they're so polite. People uh, reach out to such people, their heart goes out to such people. We cannot even praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or describe Him or say things that are befitting to Him. And subhanAllah, the person that's going to understand that most, who had probably the, most, the greatest capability to praise Allah, the language to praise Allah, the knowledge of Allah to praise Him to, for the things that He has, would have been the Prophet but what did the Prophet ﷺ say? He said, لا أحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك I, I cannot encompass all the praise for you. Meaning, as much as is due for you, I cannot even bring it together in any way. I cannot encompass it. So this is what he then was forced to say. He said, you are as you have praised yourself. That's the best way to praise Allah. Oh Allah, you know, you try, you do try. It's like, Allah, thank you for this. Thank you. Ya Allah, I can't even praise you for all that you've given me, but thank you. You are as you have praised yourself. This is what the Prophet ﷺ said. If you want success in this world, if you want prosperity in this world, I, I think, right? And you can try this and then let me know in three months. But I think if you want prosperity in this world, you're struggling and you're always worried about money, right? Which is a big concern in many people's mind. 
competitions and uh, because we live in a world where it's all about investment and and all the rest of it it's not just about being satisfied with you know you have enough for the day and for the next two weeks and for the next two months no it needs to be more than that right if you really want prosperity then there's two things so it's spiritual as well um, give some sadaqah regularly and number two thank Allah for every bit of good that you keep getting as much as possible make that a habit of genuine alhamdulillah alhamdulillah like genuinely and you will see that it will just grow what you have you will not want anything alright so you give sadaqah how do you give sadaqah well you could actively give sadaqah every week or every day or whatever right that's a bit more difficult because you might forget you may not have the change or you may not be able to have your card or whatever it is put a direct direct debit start a direct debit off if you don't make too much money I mean I'm sure you can do direct debits of a pound right can you do 50 pence at least a pound, like pound here, pound there. That's minimum, like, you know, if you don't make too much. If you're struggling even, do a pound deposit, uh, a direct debit. Just because you're struggling doesn't mean you don't give sadaqah. You can also benefit from sadaqah. There's certain categories of people, they think sadaqah is not, maybe ulama, I don't know if it's, they think, I don't know, Allah, or poor people or whatever. No, I think ulama do give. Right? Give a sadaqah. Do ulama give? They do? If you say so, khalas. Um, five pounds, ummah welfare, five pounds white thread. This is just not saying you must, but just, right. Five pounds to your local masjid, five pounds to this organization, that one. Ten pounds, fifty pounds. Whatever it is, based on how much you think, will give you a bit of a pinch. And start doing shukr for every good thing that you get. Whether that's a nice cut of meat, dish, a nice cooked meal, a nice day out, a nice jacket, a nice job, whatever it is. Even having a job, subhanAllah. Just thank Allah. Just continuously thank Allah. If you've got 10 pairs of clothes, thank Allah. Because that is a lot more than some people who only have one clothes if they're lucky, one pair of clothes if they're lucky. Right, just thank Allah. You've got a car that drives and that's not giving you trouble, just thank Allah. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Just have that connection. You will see prosperity like no, you, you, you won't believe it. Allah will give you even more. And this is both from the Quran, by the way. So the first one, Allah says, May qardan hasana Whoever, who is there to give a loan, a goodly loan to Allah, that's by giving sadaqah, and Allah is going to multiply it for you. So you'll get it like that. And the other one is, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ if you thank Allah, then I will give you more. Sorry, if you, if you are thankful, I'll give you more. That's what Allah says. Try it for three months, and I think it's guaranteed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept. May Allah make it easy. May Allah draw us closer to Him. Allahumma anta salamu minka salamu tabarakta ya dhal jalali wal ikram. Ya Hayyu, Ya Qayyum, Ya Ma'din al-Judi wal-Karam, Ya Akram al-Akramin, Wa Ya Khayru al-Mas'uleen, Wa Ya Khayru al-Mu'teen. Ya Allah, have mercy on us. Ya Allah, have mercy on us. Ya Allah, accept us. Bring us close. Ya Allah, grant us your love. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our distance. Forgive us our transgressions, our shortcomings, our defects. Forgive us our crimes. O oh Allah, forgive our distractions. 
Oh Allah, forgive us our indulgences. Oh Allah, we've done it for too long. Oh Allah, bring us close to you. Make it easy for us. Oh Allah, grant us hadawat al-iman. Grant us the sweetness of faith. Oh Allah, grant us the sweetness of faith. Oh Allah, grant us grant us indulgence in that which pleases you. There are so many things out there which take our concentration, that require and demand our attention, that we become addicted to. Oh Allah, remove this addiction and make it easy for us to remove that. Things are only going to get worse. There's only going to be more things that will come about like this. Oh Allah, do not allow us to lose ourselves. Do not allow us and our progenies to lose themselves in these things. Oh Allah, grant us self-control, grant us a focus on what's beneficial for us. And oh Allah, we ask that you accept us to be productive, especially for something of your faith. Oh Allah, make us productive and make us leave a good legacy. Oh Allah, turn us away from those things which are not beneficial for us. Oh Allah, allow us to see things and the truth as the truth is and allow us to follow it and see the wrong as the wrong and allow us to abstain from it. Oh Allah, do not distort the nature of things in our, in our sight. Do not allow the, the, the wrong to be shown as right in our sight or the right to be shown as wrong in our sight. Oh Allah, we can only... We can only ask you, we can only beseech you, we can only entreat you. Oh Allah, there is no one that can guide us. You're our creator. You brought us in this world. You put us in this situation. And we can't proceed and we can't succeed except with you. So Allah, grant us success. Grant us advancements. Grant us facilitation and ease. Oh Allah, all those who sit here and who, uh, all those who listen. Oh Allah, bless us on this night. And oh Allah, bless us for the nights that come and make the remaining days of our life better than the previous parts of our life. And oh Allah, allow us to fulfill the responsibilities you have given us to ourselves, to our children, to our, the environment and to everything that is around us. And oh Allah, accept the little bit of dhikr that we've been able to do and the little bit of remembrance because you gave it to us. Oh Allah, if you have given us the ability to sit here and do these things, then oh Allah, now we ask you that you accept it from us as well. Oh Allah, oh Allah, accept our du'as and remove the sickness and illnesses that people have fallen into and the pandemics and those who have passed away, bless them. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon wa salamun al mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Jazakallah khair for listening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, bless you. And if you're finding this useful, you know, um, uh, as they say, do that like button and subscribe button and forward it on to others. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.